Book Four, Part One of Pharsalia Dramatic Episodes of the Civil Wars. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. Pharsalia Dramatic Episodes of the Civil Wars by Lucan, thirty nine to sixty five BC. Translation by J. D. Duff. Book four, part one. Caesar in Spain, war in the Adriatic Sea, death of Curio. But in the distant regions of the earth, fierce Caesar warring, though in fight he dealt no baneful slaughter, hastened on the doom to swift fulfillment. There, on Magnus's side, Afranius and Petrius held command, who ruled alternate, and the rampart guard obeyed the standard of each chief in turn. There, with the Romans in the camp, were joined Astorians swift, and Vetans lightly armed, and Celts, who, exiled from their ancient home, had joined Iberus to their former name where the rich soil in gentle slope ascends and forms a modest hill, Ilerda stands, founded in ancient days. Beside her glides not least of western rivers, Sycorus of placid current, by a mighty arch of stone o'erspanned, which not the winter floods shall overwhelm. Upon a rock hard by was Magnus's camp, but Caesar's on a hill rivaling the first, and in the midst a stream. Here boundless plains are spread beyond the range of human vision. Singa girds them in with greedy waves, forbidden to contend with tides of ocean, for that larger flood who names the land, Iberus, sweeps along the lesser stream commingled with his own. Guiltless of war, the first day saw the hosts in long array confronted, standard rose opposing standard, numberless yet none essayed attack, in shame of impious strife. One day they gave their country and her laws, but Caesar, when from heaven fell the night, drew round a hasty trench, his foremost rank with close array concealing those who wrought, then with the morn he bids them seize the hill which parted from the camp Ilerda's walls and gave them safety but in fear and shame on rushed the foe and seized the vantage ground first in the onset from the height they held their hopes of conquest but to caesar's men their hearts by courage stirred and their good swords promised the victory burdened up the ridge the soldier climbed and from the opposing steep but for his comrade's shield had fallen back none had the space to hurl the quivering lance upon the foeman spear and pike made sure the failing foothold and the falchion's edge hewed out their upward path but caesar saw ruin impending and he bade his horse by circuit to the left with shielded flank hold back the foe thus gained his troops retreat for none pressed on them and the victor chiefs forced to withdrawal gained the day in vain henceforth the fitful changes of the year governed the fates and fashioned out the war for stubborn frost still lay upon the land and northern winds controlling all the sky prisoned the rain in clouds 
the hills were nipped with snow unmelted and the lower plains by frosts that fled before the rising sun and all the lands that stretch towards the sky which whelms the sinking stars neath wintry heavens were parched and arid but when titan neared the ram who backward gazing on the stars bore perished helly and the hours were held in juster balance and the day prevailed the earliest faded moon which in the vault hung with uncertain horn from eastern winds received a fiery radiance whose blast forced boreas back and breaking on the mists within his regions to the occident drave all that shroud arabia and the land of ganges all that or by chorus borne bedim the orient sky or rising suns permit to gather pitiless flamed the day behind them while in front the wide expanse was driven nor on mid-earth sank the clouds though weighed with vapour north and south alike were showerless for on calpe's rock alone all moisture gathered here at last forbidden to pass that sea by zephyr's bounds contained and by the furthest belt of heaven they pause in masses huge convolved the widest breath of murky air scarce holds them which divides earth from the heavens till pressed by weight of sky in densest volume to the earth they pour their cataracts no lightning could endure such storm unquenched though oft athwart the gloom gleamed its pale fire meanwhile a watery arch scarce touched with colour in imperfect shape embraced the sky and drank the ocean waves so rendering to the clouds their flood outpoured and now were thawed the perennian snows which titan had not conquered all the rocks were wet with melting ice accustomed springs found not discharge and from the very banks each stream received a torrent caesar's arms are shipwrecked on the field his tottering camp swims on the rising flood the trench is filled with whirling waters and the plain no more yields corn or kine for those who forage seek air from the hidden furrow famine knocks first herald of o'erwhelming ills to come fierce at the door and while no foe blockades the soldier hungers fortunes buy not now the meanest measure yet alas is found the fasting peasant who in gain of gold will sell his little all and now the hills are seen no more and rivers whelmed in one beasts with their homes sweep downwards and the tide repels the foaming torrent nor did night acknowledge phoebus's rise for all the sky felt her dominion and obscured its face and darkness joined with darkness thus doth lie the lowest earth beneath the snowy zone and never-ending winters where the sky is starless ever and no growth of herb sprouts from the frozen earth but standing ice tempers the stars which in the middle zone kindle their flames thus father of the world and thou trident god who rules the sea second in place neptunus load the air with clouds continual forbid the tide once risen to return forced by thy waves let rivers backward run in different course thy shores no longer reaching and the earth shaken make way for floods 
let rhine o'erflow and roan their banks let torrents spread afield unmeasured waters melt repayant snows spread lakes upon the land and seas profound and snatch the groaning world from civil war thus for a little moment fortune tried her darling son then smiling to his part returned and gained her pardon for the past by greater gifts to come for now the air had grown more clear and phoebus's warmer rays coped with the flood and scattered all the clouds in fleecy masses and the reddening east proclaimed the coming day the land resumed its ancient marks no more in middle air the moisture hung but from about the stars sank to the depths the forest glade upreared its foliage hills again emerged to view and neath the warmth of day the plains grew firm when sycorus kept his banks the shallop light of hoary willow bark they build which bent on hides of oxen bore the weight of man and swam the torrent thus on sluggish po venetians float and on the encircling sea are born britannia's nations and when nile fills all the land are memphis's thirsty reeds shaped into fragile boats that swim his waves the further bank thus gained they haste to curve the fallen forest and to form the arch by which imperious sycorus shall be spanned yet fearing he might rise in wrath anew not on the nearest marge they placed the beams but in mid-field thus the presumptuous stream they tame with chastisement parting his flood in devious channels out and curb his pride petrius when he saw that caesar's fates swept all before them left ilerda's steep his trust no longer in the roman world and sought for strength amid those distant tribes who loving death rushed in upon the foe and win their conquests at the point of sword but in the dawn when caesar saw the camp stand empty on the hill to arms he cried seek not the bridge nor ford plunge in the stream and breast the foaming torrent then did hope of coming battle find for them a way which they had shunned in flight their arms regained their streaming limbs they cherished till the blood coursed in their veins until the shadows fell short on the sword and day was at the height then dashed the horsemen on and held the foe twixt flight and battle in the plain arose two rocky heights from each a loftier ridge of hills ranged onwards sheltering in their midst a hollow vale whose deep and winding paths were safe from warfare which when caesar saw that if petrius held the war must pass to lands remote by savage tribes possessed speed on he cried and meet their flight in front fierce be your frown and battle in your glance no coward's death be theirs but as they flee plunge in their breasts the sword they seize the pass and place their camp short was the span between the opposing sentinels with eager eyes undimmed by space they gazed on brothers sons or friends and fathers and within their souls they grasped the impious horror of the war 
yet for a little while no voice was heard for fear restrained by waving blade alone of gesture spake they but their passion grew and broke all discipline and soon they leaped the hostile rampart every hand outstretched embraced the hand of foemen palm in palm one calls by name his neighbor one his host another with his schoolmate talks again of olden studies he who in the camp found not a comrade was no son of rome wet are their arms with tears and sobs break in upon their kisses each unstained by blood dreads what he might have done why beat thy breast why madman weep the guilt is thine alone to do or to abstain dost fear the man who takes his title to be feared from thee when caesar's trumpets sound the call to arms heed not the summons when thou seest advance his standards halt the civil fury thus shall fold her wings and in a private robe caesar shall love his kinsmen holy peace that swayest the world thou whose eternal bands sustain the order of material things come gentle concord these our times do now for good or evil destiny control the coming centuries ah cruel fate now have the people lost their cloak for crime their hope of pardon they have known their kin woe for the respite given by the gods making more black the hideous guilt to come now all was peaceful and in either camp sweet converse held the soldiers on the grass they placed the meal on altars built of turf pour out libations from the mingled cup on mutual couch with stories of their fights they while the sleepless hours in talk away where stood the ranks arrayed from whose right hand the quivering lance was sped and while they boast or challenge deeds of prowess in the war faith was renewed and trust thus made the fates their doom complete and all the crimes to be grew with their love for when petrius knew the treaties made himself and all his camp sold to the foe he stirs his guard to work an impious slaughter the defenceless foe flings headlong forth and parts the fond embrace by stroke of weapon and in streams of blood and thus in words of wrath to stir the war of rome forgetful to your faith forsworn and could ye not with victory gained return restorers of her liberty to rome lose then but losing call not caesar lord while still your swords are yours with blood to shed in doubtful battle while the fates are hid will you like cravens to your master bear doomed eagles will you ask upon your knees that caesar deign to treat his slaves alike and spare forsooth like yours your leaders lives nay never shall our safety be the price of base betrayal not for boon of life we wage a civil war this name of peace drags us to slavery ne'er from depths of earth fain to withdraw her wealth should toiling men draw store of iron ne'er entrench a town ne'er should the war-horse dash into the fray nor fleet with turret bulwarks breast the main if freedom for dishonourable peace could thus be bought the foe are pledged to fight by their own guilt but you who still might hope for pardon if defeated what can match your deep dishonour 
shame upon your peace thou callest magnus ignorant of fate from all the worlds thy powers and dost entreat monarchs of distant realms while haply here we in our treaties bargain for thy life thus did he stir their minds and rouse anew the love of impious battle so when beasts grown strange to forest long confined in dens their fierceness lose and learn to bear with man once should they taste of blood their thirsty jaws swell at the touch and all the ancient rage comes back upon them till they hardly spare their keeper thus they rush on every crime and blows which dealt at chance and in the night of battle had brought hatred on the gods though blindly struck their recent vows of love made monstrous horrid where they lately spread the mutual couch and banquet and embraced some new-found friend now falls the fatal blow upon the self-same breast and though at first groaning at the fell chance they drew the sword hate rises as they strike the murderous arm confirms the doubtful will with monstrous joy through the wild camp they smite their kinsmen down and carnage raged unchecked and each man strove proud of his crime before his leader's face to prove his shamelessness of guilt but thou caesar though losing of thy best dost know the gods do favour thee the salian fields gave thee no better fortune nor the waves that lave massilia nor on pharos's main didst thou so triumph by this crime alone thou from this moment of the better cause shalt be the captain since the troops were stained with foulest slaughter thus their leaders shunned all camps with caesar's joined and sought again ilerda's lofty walls but caesar's horse seized on the plain and forced them to the hills reluctant there by steepest trench shut in he cuts them from the river nor permits their circling ramparts to enclose a spring by this dread path death trapped his captive prey which when they knew fierce anger filled their souls and took the place of fear they slew the steeds now useless grown and rushed upon their fate hopeless of life and flight but caesar cried hold back your weapons soldiers from the foe strike not the breast advancing let the war cost me no blood he falls not without price who with his life-blood challenges the fray scorning their own base lives and hating light to caesar's loss they rush upon their death nor heed our blows but let this frenzy pass this madman onset let the wish for death die in their souls thus to its embers shrank the fire within when battle was denied and fainter grew their rage until the night drew down her starry veil and sank the sun thus keener fights the gladiator whose wound is recent while the blood within the veins still gives the sinews motion ere the skin shrinks on the bones but as the victor stands his fatal thrust achieved and points the blade unfaltering watching for the end there creeps torpor upon the limbs the blood congeals about the gash more faintly throbs the heart and slowly fading ebbs the life away 
raving for water now they dig the plains seeking for hidden fountains not with spade and mattock only searching out the depths but with the sword they hack the stony heights in shafts that reach the level of the plain no further flees from light the pallid wretch who tears the bowels of the earth for gold yet neither riven stones revealed a spring nor streamlet whispered from its hidden source to water trickled on the gravel bed nor dripped within the cavern worn at length with labor huge they crawl to light again after such toil to fall to thirst and heat the readier victims this was all they won all food they loathe and gainst their deadly thirst call famine to their aid damp clods of earth they squeeze upon their mouths with straining hands wherer on foulest mud some stagnant slime or moisture lies though doomed to die they lap with greedy tongues the draught their lips had loathed had life been theirs to choose beast-like they drain the swollen udder and where milk was not they suck the life-blood forth from herbs and boughs dripping with dew from tender shoots they pressed say from the pith of trees the juice within happy the host that onward marching finds its savage enemy has fouled the wells with murderous venom hadst thou caesar cast the reeking filth of shambles in the stream and henbane dire and all the poisonous herbs that lurk on cretan slopes still had they drunk the fatal waters rather than endure such lingering agony their bowels racked with torments as of flame the swollen tongue and jaws now parched and rigid and the veins each labored breath with anguish from the lungs enfeebled moistureless was scarcely drawn and scarce again returned and yet agape their panting mouths sucked in the nightly dew they watch for showers from heaven and in despair gaze on the clouds whence lately poured a flood nor were their tortures less than Meroe saw not their sufferings nor cancer's zone nor where the garamantian turns the soil but sycorus and iberus at their feet two mighty floods but far beyond their reach rolled down in measureless volume to the main but now their leaders yield aphranius vanquished throws down his arms and leads his troops now hardly living to the hostile camp before the victor's feet and sues for peace proud was his bearing and despite of ills his mane majestic of his triumphs past still mindful in disaster thus he stood though suppliant for grace a leader yet from fearless heart thus speaking had the fates thrown me before some base ignoble foe not caesar thee still had this arm fought on and snatched my death now if i suppliant ask tis that i value still the boon of life given by a worthy hand no party ties roused us to arms against thee when the war this civil war broke out it found us chiefs and with our former cause we kept the faith so long as brave men should the fates decree no longer we withstand unto thy will we yield the western tribes the east is thine and all the world lies open to thy march be generous blood nor sword nor wearied arm thy conquest bought 
Thou hast not to forgive aught but thy victory won. Nor ask we much. Give us repose to lead in peace the life thou shalt bestow. Supposed these armed lines are corpses prostrate on the field of war, ne'er were it meet that thy victorious ranks should mix with ours, the vanquished. Destiny has run for us its course. One boon I beg. Bid not the conquered conquer in thy train." Such were his words, and Caesar's gracious smile granted his prayer, remitting rights that war gives to the victor. To the unguarded stream the soldiers speed. Prone on the bank they lie, and lap the flood or foul the crowded waves. In many a burning throat the sudden draught, poured in too copious, filled the empty veins and choked the breath within. Yet left unquenched the burning pest, which, though their frames were full, craved water for itself. Then, nerved once more, their strength returned. O oh, lavish luxury, contented never with the frugal meal! O oh, greed that searchest over land and sea to furnish forth the banquet! Pride that joyest in sumptuous tables! Learn what life requires, how little nature needs! No ruddy juice pressed from the vintage in some famous year, whose consuls are forgotten, served in cups, with gold and jewels wrought restores the spark, the failing spark of life, but water pure and simplest fruits of earth. The flood, the field, suffice for nature. Ah, the weary lot of those who wore! But these, their armor laid low at the victor's feet, with lightened breast, secure themselves, no longer dealing death, beset by care, no more. Seek out their homes. What priceless gift in peace had they secured? How grieved it now their souls to have poised the dart with arm outstretched, to have felt their raving thirst, and prayed the gods for victory in vain! Nay, hard they think the victor's lot for whom a thousand risks and battles still remain if fortune never is to leave his side how often must he triumph and how oft pour out his blood wherever great caesar leads happy thrice happy he who when the world is nodding to its ruin knows the spot where he himself shall though in ruin lie no trumpet call shall break his sleep again but in his humble home with faithful spouse and sons unlettered fortune leaves him free from rage of party for if life he owes to caesar magnus sometime was his lord thus happy they alone live on apart nor hope nor dread the event of civil war end of book four part one